This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. Spilled Milk is brought to you by Sur La Table, which sells everything you need to cook the recipes we talk about on this show. With over 70 locations nationwide and online at surlatab.com. Sur La Table, the art and soul of cooking. Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we are going to be talking about ham. It is our little Jewish Easter special. Yes, just for you. We're going to be uh, we're going to be talking about lots of different kinds of ham. Actually. We're going to be soaring over over the ham landscape, uh, stopping <laughs> stopping to pick up things along the way. Yes, yes. So maybe we should start out before we take flight. Uh, maybe we should start <laughs> out by discussing the two broad categories of ham. I didn't know there were narrow categories of ham. I thought they were kind of all broad. Anyway, um, we have dry cured ham and wet cured ham. I, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere with that. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> well, you just said wet cured ham and, and it, 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 it was sort of sultry. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so and then uh, dry cured ham, I mean, like all the famous, like fancy sounding hams, those are all dry cured hams, right? Right, which is really interesting because dry cured ham is actually, you know, sort of the older, more um, more traditional style of making ham. There's no reason for it to seem fancy. I know, but uh, you know, you got your your prosciuttos and your Bayonne ham and your and your Spanish uh, like Serrano ham, and uh, and they're all really like fancy sounding stuff. Yeah. So what I mean, what are dry cured hams, Matthew? Um, well, a dry cured ham is basically uh, you've got. You've got pork and you've got salt and uh, and sometimes smoke and that's about it um, and, and and a lot of dry air. Mm-hmm. And so basically, you you rub this hind leg of this pig uh, detached from the pig, of course. Right. You rub Ideally. it. You rub it with salt and uh, and you let the salt stay on it for a certain amount of time, right? Because it's drawing moisture out. Yeah, and uh, and then and at the same time, the salt is penetrating into into the very core of the ham. And then it's usually hung up to to really dry out the ham further and sort of draw more moisture out over the course of months or even sometimes a couple of years. Yeah, I mean this this if you're making a dry cured ham, you know you're you're going to be putting in some some hard time there. <laughs> you can't you can't go too far from your ham shack for that year or two while it's while it's curing, you, which is you're which like is, a, you're like a ham farmer. At that <laughs> point. You're like a ham surf. Yeah. 
<laughs> I am farmer. <laughs> <laughs> the images that brings to mind. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, I'm so sorry. Whereas, so, so I mean, the reason I mean the, the the whole the whole ham ham servitude thing is probably why wet ham wet wet ham wet cured ham was invented, right? Because wet cured ham is much faster, and uh, well, it requires refrigeration. And uh, you know, if your ham is refrigerated, you don't really have to tend it quite so much, right? And like back, you know, in like in like the 15th century, like they had terrible terrible refrig- refrigerators. Uh, yeah, they you know, did. They had these old like frigidaires. They were like leak freon all Constantly over the place. Constantly blowing fuses. Right, clunking yeah. noises. Mm-hmm. And, and then none of them had the energy star rating, which is just, just abominable. A travesty. That's why we have global warming today. Yeah. Because of those old refrigerators in, uh, in the Middle Ages. Thanks a lot, peasants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, wet curing is, uh, gosh, it can take place in like one or two days, right? Basically, what you're doing is submerging and or injecting the ham with brine. Right, and then uh, and then it's uh, smoked, and you can you can have you can have a whole ham assembly line going, which is why you know if you go if you go to the supermarket and go to the meat section, um, that is all wet cured ham. And so so let's start off with the fancy hams. Let's start off with the with the dry cured hams. What are what are some of your favorite dry cured hams, and what do you do with them? Well, of course, I love prosciutto. I mean, who doesn't love prosciutto? Right. You know, and there are a lot of domestic prosciuttos being made now, and I've tasted a number of them. There's there's one coming out of Iowa called La Quercia, and it's it's really a fantastic fantastic ham. But I got to say, I still really like the imported stuff, the true the true prosciutto from Parma. Yeah, and the uh, the I like the prosciutto from uh, from San Daniele also. Mm-hmm. It, so San Daniele, how is it different from prosciutto di Parma? Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna. You want me to like make up some stuff about how which which ones have uh, you know like fruitier overtones and stuff? Yeah, it's got fruitier. It's got fruitier overtones. Great. Okay. Like, how's that? Okay. What about Spanish dry cured ham, Serrano ham? I. I think I like the Spanish hams on the whole. Those those are my favorite dry cured hams in the world, and uh, and not just the the super fancy one that we're going to get to in a second, but uh, the Spanish Serrano ham, which uh, you know costs about the same as as prosciutto and is and is relatively easy to find. I, I find it's got this great chew, like you know you chew it a couple times and it's and it's got some texture to it, and then boom, it melts in your mouth right yeah, after that. Yeah, it's interesting because even sliced to the same thickness as prosciutto, it seems to have a little bit more chew to it, more texture. Right, and Unlike prosciutto, like you can uh, you can do things with like small cubes of serrano ham, and mm-hmm. I think it works better uh, for that than prosciutto. Like I had this great dish um, a couple years ago that was uh, uh, padrone peppers um, sautéed with uh, Spanish olive oil and uh, chunks of serrano ham, and then finished with a little sherry vinegar and wow. coarse salt. And wow, you, that's a perfect dish. And that'd be pretty easy to replicate, I would think, at home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when we get padrone peppers this summer. Oh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm especially Ooh, yes. So let's talk about that freakishly expensive kind of Spanish ham that is called jamón ibérico. Can you say that again? I can't actually, because I I don't I can't really pronounce things with a Spanish accent. Jamón ibérico. You still sound very Anglo, Matthew. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't seem to have impacted my ham consumption. Yeah, good, good. Well, I um. I had the the pleasure of going to this crazy restaurant in Los Angeles not too long ago. It's called The Bazaar. It's in the SLS Hotel in Beverly Hills, and it's insane. It's a three-ring circus of a restaurant. Um, And they sell... What what does that mean? Were there elephants? 
they sell a particular kind of jamón ibérico there, and it's called jamón ibérico de balota. You can buy it, of course, in many places. Uh, this is just one place where you can buy it. Many places in Spain, especially. Yeah, it's um, it is made from um, from black pigs who eat acorns. And uh, it's freakishly expensive. It's it's quite rare, really. And I think until recently, it was illegal in the United States. Yeah, they um they had to get like the production facilities up to USDA standards. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but when you say freakishly expensive, how much how much are we talking here for the ham? So for two ounces, okay, thirty eight dollars. So let's see, do the math. That's uh, a million dollars a pound? Yeah, so, something pretty, like that. Something close to that. Something like that. But worth every penny, right? Totally worth every penny. And the thing is, you know, these hams are all sliced very thinly. And so two ounces is actually a decent amount. And this ham is so rich. And so they also, they serve it at room temperature. So the fat is at the perfect temperature to melt on your tongue. Mm-hmm. And it really does. It melts on your tongue. It tastes like nuts and... Bolts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can really taste the the acorns, although I've never eaten an acorn. If I had a restaurant in Beverly Hills, you know what I would do? What would you do? I would uh, I would sell ham even more expensive than that and say, like, we've invested in this special super sharp meat slicer, so we have the most thin sliced ham in the world, and then we'd bring you, like, an empty plate and charge you $500 <laughs> for it. Wow. It would be the emperor's new ham. What what a restauranter, <laughs> and what what a uh, what a great children's story. <laughs> <laughs> You know, your mentioning of this super duper ham slicer brings me to uh, the old Spanish ham rack. Yo. I don't know what the technical name is for it, but if it's if it's something other than uh, than ham rack, I'm sure there's some cool Spanish word for it. Ham rack is pretty awesome, though. Okay, so a, a couple years ago, I went to the Spanish food conference uh, at uh, the uh, at the CIA, which is unfortunately the Culinary Institute of America in California, and um, Not the Central Intelligence Agency. Unfortunately, no. Um, although they have their own collection of ham racks, which are used for other things, um, the uh, at, at this at the, so at the Spanish food conference, um, they they brought in all these all this, these Spanish uh, chefs and uh, and and food purveyors of, of various types, including they they had a bunch of these these ham racks, which uh, you know it looks like it looks sort of like a little little gallows kind of where you, with uh, the shank end of the ham sits uh, sits in this clamp and uh, and so it's clamped in here so that uh an elderly spanish ham slicer um can uh, can can wield this scimitar and hand slice off perfect slices of uh, of serrano or iberico ham and they, they would have they were these guys were like stationed around like i mean this was this was literally ham heaven wow um you know you could walk up to one of these guys and you know he would shave you off a couple of slices like at, at any time of day wow I think that is what heaven is like. Right. I mean, there were other things. There were like meetings and crap going on at this conference. I don't remember any of those things. But you remember the ham racks. Oh, yes. Yeah. And the ham slicers. Yes. And their swords. Yes. Yeah. Especially their swords. Mm Mm-hmm. So we've talked about all these uh, salted and and thin-sliced raw European hams, um, but we make our own dry cured ham here in the U.S. There's uh, there's Southern country ham, and mm-hmm. it's uh, and it's dry cured and usually smoked, which uh, which the Italian and Spanish hams aren't. And uh, I uh, I don't have enough personal experience with it. I've only had it once, but I really liked it. And the interesting thing is that even though you can eat it raw because it's been cured the same way the Italian and Spanish hams have. We do tend to cook it. We don't tend to just eat it in its, you know, natural, you know, just cured state. 
So, um, yeah. And that, it's, that state being Virginia. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we, um, you know, we tend to cook it. And um, anyway, and it's, it's really wonderful. It's, it's very salty, um, as you can imagine, um, from all that dry curing. And uh, what my mom likes to do with it is she makes sweet potato biscuits. And then she splits the biscuit and puts some, some Virginia country ham inside. Uh, and, and she smears it also with some honey cup mustard, which is a brand uh, whose label says uniquely sharp. <laughs> because it's uh, it's very sweet and, and spicy. It'll really clear out your sinuses. Do they sell t-shirts that say uniquely sharp? That uh, seems like that could be a total hipster item. It does. It totally does. I think that... Um I think we should get on that. The thing I don't understand about about the country ham is like it's you know it's our domestic artisan ham product mm-hmm. and you can't get it here in Seattle. I know it's really difficult to get. I I have um I've actually spent some time poking around on the Smithfield Ham website, which is uh-huh. as far as I know, kind of you know the, the biggest and uh, it sounds like your your life is a laugh a minute too. Uh-huh, it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to the, the history of air conditioning while you're on the uh, the exciting Smithfield website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you can buy hams through the Smithfield ham website. Uh-huh. But you got to buy like a whole ham and you got to have it sent from Virginia. Why is it so hard for us to get great American dry cured ham? Well, I know there are there are other ones where you don't have to buy a whole f- ham. There's like there's like Benton's hams, which I know um, David Chang of Momofuku is a huge fan of, and you can you can order There's, those are supposed to be great, right? And you can you can order a reasonable quantity, but you still you have to mail order it. Whereas you know I was down at uh, Pike Place Mar- Market yesterday at uh, at the Italian shop there, and they had like eight different kinds of European imported dry cured hams and zero American. I think we should start a movement. I, 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 a movement of ham out the, out into markets like a, all a around ham the guard. U.S. Yes, a ham guard. Yeah. Um, anybody who wants to join us, you you know how to find us. That's right. Yeah. But but if there's some sort of like ham militia incident, we deny responsibility. The first rule of of ham guard <laughs> is there is no ham. There guard. is no ham guard. Right. <laughs> So enough about dry cured hams. What about wet cured hams? Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like they kind of get a bad rap because they're like, you know, kind of the supermarket ham or sort of like the, the mainstream American ham. But they're delicious. They're, they're just a completely different animal from a dry cured ham. I think it's because maybe there isn't a long history of them. You can't, you can't present, pretend you're like an old school artisan if you're making a wet cured ham. Um, but, uh, but it's so good in its own way. And the... Uh, the recipe that I made for lunch today I used a, a local wet cured ham. It's um, Hempler's, which is made in Ferndale, Washington. And uh, it's, uh, you know, a couple notches better than the supermarket ham, but definitely recognizably in the, in the same kind of, uh, you know, squishy, moist category. So when you say supermarket ham, do you mean like Cure 81? Like, yeah, or do you I'm, mean like, like deli sliced ham? Um, I mean, sandwich. I mean, like Cure Eighty One, like the the Hormel, which uh, I was uh, I was so gratified a couple of years ago when when Cure Eighty One uh, was in the uh, Silver One Hundred issue, and so it got like the the uh, gourmet stamp of approval, and uh, and so I didn't have to be ashamed of, of my love for Cure Eighty One, um, but uh, but yeah, but I but Hempler's is is uh, is a really good local wet cured ham. Um, I, I don't think there's any like wet cured ham that has an international reputation, though the way the right, way right. many different dry cured hams do. Yeah, uh, you know when I was growing up, my uh, my mom would order up a, a half spiral sliced ham from Honey Baked Ham, which is really fun to say. Um, I love ever. that there was once like a, 
and maybe there still is. I just haven't seen one in a while. A, a chain of stores called Honey Baked Ham. Oh, like, th- there's one at University Village. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, I love that that's the name of it, like Honey Baked Ham. Right. Like, maybe you and I should go into business and open a place called, like, Chocolate Malts. Yeah. Or... Or or something like that. <laughs> or or potatoes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't steal our branding ideas, people. Yeah. Right. So she would order she would order the, the spiral sliced um ham and, and and you know, so if so if you've got like the, the big um spiral sliced ham that you're gonna roast in the uh, in the oven for a couple of hours, but uh, but you know, it's fully cooked when you get it, that's uh that's that's a wet ham. That's that's a city ham. Okay, but here's a question for you. Why is it that we cook it more, even though it's already technically cooked? I, I don't get it. We're like cooking fiends. It's like toast. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you know, bread is cooked. Bread is we, fully we cooked and you further. cook it further. Wow, that was that was really great. That that was illuminating, <laughs> yeah. Matthew. Yeah, try our try our chain of, of restaurants. <laughs> Toast. <laughs> and potatoes. Toast and potatoes. And we also own chocolate malts. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Matthew, you made us lunch today. We aren't actually cooking on the show today. I'm sorry if anybody's disappointed, but uh, Matthew made lunch. <laughs> Anybody misses that segment where we're always like dropping stuff and you and mumbling in the background? Yeah, and where there's lots of loud sizzling that hurts your ears. And, right. Yeah. We'll we'll do we'll do some of that next time. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, we'll bring it back. Yes. So I started with uh, with the hamplers, the uh, the wet cured ham, and I uh, I cubed some up and I cooked it down with some kale and onions and. Uh, made uh, like um, stewed stewed greens with ham and uh, which is you know it's one of the best ways to use any kind of ham but particularly a good smoky wet cured ham because uh, the ham kind of uh, braises and then uh, gets uh, soft and succulent okay so we've been talking about a couple different classes of ham we uh, we had the fancy european hams the prosciuttos and the spanish hams that are dry cured we had the american dry cured country hams which are usually smoked and we had the uh, grocery store uh, wet cured spiral sliced honey baked cure 81 type hams but when it comes down to it we've never really met a ham that we don't like that's right we love all hams equally and we hope you do too Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that's honey-baked and spiral-sliced. I'm Matthew Amster-Burton. And I'm Molly Weisenberg. But we've already established that we we're like we're like Beverly Hills restaurateurs, and and you know we can <laughs> we can like serve you a hundred dollar bill on a plate and charge you fifty for it. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. You don't want to do it the other way around? Uh, yeah, well, whatever. You know, I, we haven't worked out the whole business model yet. <laughs> we I, that's are for the make That's for the millions. pencil pushers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, yeah. We're, we're artisan ham slicers. We're not, we're not bean counters. What, what was the question? Jesus <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. We are priceless today. Oh, man. <laughs> this is actually going to be a pretty good episode. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the people the people who who, who feel think, we're too unstructured like that will will continue to feel that way. But everyone else is going to be think happy. We need T-shirts that say "We're artisan ham slicers, not bean pushers." <laughs> did I say bean pushers? <laughs> or, did you, or did you say bean counters? <laughs> you may have said uh, bean pushers. I, I, I yeah, but I am kind of a bean pusher. I right. like beans. I know beans and ham. Yeah. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Beans and ham. <laughs> Okay, we gotta we gotta wrap this thing up. She's she's a bean pusher. He's a ham slicer, and together they um they make beautiful podcasts. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. 
Whether you're traveling for work or just enjoying a relaxing week away, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, and if you're a spilled milk listener, we bet that sometimes you want to cook when you travel. And Town Place Suites by Marriott has a Weber grill on the patio. They've got a microwave, dishwasher, stovetop, full-size refrigerator. You are good to go. In other words, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy.